welcome to Respawn Aimfire, episode 204, the Kickass Irreverent Gaming Podcast from Affable Idiots. I am Holden Depardo, and I'm here with my co-host, Chad Michael Innes. And we've got the dreamiest fan base of all time joining us from all over the world right now. You can catch us t- on Twitch Sunday nights at 8.30 p.m. Eastern, just like you might be doing right now. We're also available on YouTube and podcast services Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern. But wait, a new challenger is approaching. There's a new way to view us, actually just new content that we're going to be putting out. We're going to be putting out a bi-weekly video essay series called The Grind. You might have heard about this from a... Uh, we'll say unfinished project <laughs> last year, but it's a new kind of method we're taking to this, which is Chad and I'll be making a video together, breaking down some sort of analysis that we have or some sort of kind of strongly held opinion that we want to share that might be longer form than what would properly fit into a podcast or make sense in the context of a podcast. So we're doing the grind. It's coming out April 9th is the first episode, and it's going to be focusing on why the Switch Pro isn't what you think it is, kind of. Oh, You'll shit. see. If you want to know more, you have to wait till April 9th. Oh, shit. We've given ourselves um, a date. We've given ourselves a topic. It has to happen now. It it's has so to real. happen now. I mean, it's mostly done at this point, but it'll be April 9th. It'll totally be there. Um, so I'm excited to um, show that to you guys when it comes out. But we're just going to go to the rest of the episode now because we've got a lot of interesting things to talk about. Dope. We have Jade Raymond and Sony teaming up. We got Animal Crossing sucks. Like, it sucks. And we have the Square Enix Presents, the very first one. But before we get to all of that... Hold on. Before we get to any of that, I just want to mention my video is doing weird things. So I'm going to go video list for about a minute while I troubleshoot this. Keep going, though. People can still hear me. Should I just keep going? Okay. Yeah. For our main quest, we're talking about console-based VR. There's kind of two opposing stories here of Sony's VR approach and Microsoft's non-approach to VR that we want to talk about. So the first is that There are images released by Sony of the PlayStation 5 VR controller. They've also talked a little bit about what that is. An article here from Michael McWhorter at Polygon. PS5 VR images, specs for Sony's PlayStation 5 VR controller. And a lot of it makes sense. It takes inspiration from the DualSense. So it's going to have adaptive triggers, just like you would see in the DualSense. It's going to have haptic feedback, just like you'd see in the DualSense. But it's also going to have some things that are obviously more specific to VR, like finger touch detection and tracking via the ring that looks very much like the oculus ring (laughs) which they should do because it works well um and it has buttons it has the usual suspects of buttons and then also the grip button but you know what's you know what's important but again makes sense is there is that they don't unlike the dual move controllers which were only meant to be used really one at a time these have two buttons each with the triangle and square, I think, being on the left, and then circle and cross mm-hmm. being on the right, rather than having all four on both, and they're in weird positions. Yeah, and that's because the PlayStation Move controller was never designed to be a VR controller. It was right. designed to compete with the Wii back in the PlayStation 3 era, and they're like, hey, we're making a VR headset. What can we use right now to make this work? And uh, I'll just say thank God they're releasing custom controllers for VR, because these look... Although they are kind of odd looking at first, um, they are much, much more tailored to a VR experience. Chad, what do you, as the kind of the big VR person here, what are your thoughts on the controller? Yes, it's a fat joke. Call me fat. fat. Call me a big VR. Um, (laughs) No, I'm I'm very excited. I think that having them more in line with the Oculus controllers, the touch controllers for Oculus, and then also having them in line with... um, what is the what is the other one? The Vive? 
Is it the Vive that has their own controllers as well? Yeah, Vive. Well, I guess the Index is separate, but yeah, the Vive has like the ring on their controllers too. Yeah. So having them in line with that, I think, is driving us more towards consistency and experience. So when you v- you're in VR on one thing, you go to another one, it doesn't feel completely foreign. It just like whenever you game on Xbox, you go to Sony PlayStation, and it doesn't feel completely foreign. You're holding a slightly different shape controller, but you know there are four buttons. There's a directional pad. There's triggers. Mm-hmm. So I think getting us to that kind of similar form factor is really important. But then I think obviously we talked about this when they announced the headset two weeks ago that like the the haptics are going to be a game changer. The trigger or grip button is going to be a game changer for them. And Mm. because they mentioned that they specifically said the headset is tracking the the controllers via the circle on the bottom, that it sounds like there's not going to be a camera with this one. It's going to be inside out tracking on the headset, which is what we kind of have been assuming for a while. So I'm very excited about this. I'm really pumped to see what developers are doing with it. It sounds like they're getting... These controllers aren't quite yet in developers' hands, it sounds like, or maybe a select few, but the headset itself is. So I'm curious what developers are going to end up doing with this, what Sony's going to do with it. Um, but what this really says to me is that like this, if we're getting this much information about it and we're getting like actual product renders this quickly like we had the announcement that it exists two weeks ago we have this this week and then like this we could be getting a reveal of what this looks like or how it functions a lot sooner than i think we all anticipated yeah i I wouldn't be surprised if at e3 we get more information about this and we kind of get a trickle throughout the rest of the year um Whereas, like, I've kind of maintained in the past few years that, like, consoles should be coming out in the fall because a company doesn't want to announce a new product and then have a holiday season where people know about that new product. But VR is different because it's not this, like, super hot seller that Sony's going to lose a lot of money if they have this new product announced during the holiday season. Um, and I think there's also an expectation of there's a PS5, there's a new headset coming, and people should be waiting anyway. So I kind of feel like there's not really a risk for them to have yeah. an announced product with the holiday season upcoming, which would then kind of lend um, an opportunity for Sony to release this very early next year. Because I think, didn't they, and I haven't looked this up, but like, didn't they announce or release PlayStation VR in like February when it first came out? No, it was October. Was it October? Okay. Yeah. Um, I feel like they could do a early 2020 release and it totally fit within 2022. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah early release of <laughs> last year. They could totally do that. Um, and that gives, that gives PlayStation 5 total an sense. 18 month head start on, mm-hmm. you know, having an install base of people who can use this VR headset since it sounds like it's definitely going to be PS5, PS5 exclusive. Yeah. I think the other good thing about this too is that they are this goes back to the controllers, they're making this tailored for VR now. Yeah. Which I kind of feel like means two things. One, just Sony's taking it more seriously, which is always a good thing. And two, that this is very much a next generation experience in the sense that developers will be making games specifically for a PlayStation VR 2, where it's not going to, at least I would imagine that with the way these controllers are laid out, the way these controllers are working, you might see games that aren't even coming to PlayStation VR and they can focus fully on PlayStation VR 2 with the big thing being there that they can now compete more directly with PC VR, which was always a much stronger experience than PlayStation VR was. PlayStation VR, I honestly don't know how that 
worked. I really don't. Because like the specs on Oculus, Vive, Index, all of these are so far ahead of the specs of the PlayStation 4. It's just amazing to me that they got the PlayStation 4 to run VR as well as it did. So this kind of, I think, sets them up where they can really have a competitive VR experience on a, on a power level where you'll see things like Half-Life Alex coming to a wider group of people than have ever been able to access that game, which can really open up things for VR industry as a whole. And I just think this is huge. And I really hope that this pushes VR further than it did last time. Yeah, me too. On the opposite side of that, can I ask, can I ask from, real quick, sorry, yeah. before we move on from it, can I ask, do you think this will be a more approachable price point? Do you think it'll be more affordable? Like, where do you see this falling? Is it, obviously the controllers are a lot more advanced. There's this, the touch, like capacitive touch almost, it sounds like, or even something far beyond that. Like, is this going to be able to compete mm-hmm. in the same space that PlayStation so, VR 2 or PlayStation VR was able to? Yeah, I mean, I think that it's definitely not going to be in low as low in price as the Oculus Quest 2. I think that's still probably going to be the most affordable way to get into VR. But I don't feel like... I, I feel like as long as it's within the price range of PlayStation 5, it's going to be okay. And I think the reason for that is I still don't... Although I think this is a better hope for VR going forward, it's going to open things up for VR going forward, I still don't think it's going to make VR mainstream. I just think it's going to keep that that train going along comfortably. And I think it's kind of all it needs to do right now. And so I feel like if it's pr- in terms of like, you know, uh, accessibility in terms of price and that kind of stuff, I feel like four or $500 is appropriate for where it needs to be. That's at least where I'm kind of thinking it would be. I don't think they need to get to index territory where it's like a thousand dollars. This yeah. is a console VR experience. Uh, as long as it's not is significantly more expensive than buying a PlayStation five itself. Excuse me, it's okay. Yeah. I think that's I think that's a good call too. And what did PSVR launch at two hundred? No, no. No, sorry, that's um, what it's, you can get it on sale right now. Four hundred, right? It was four hundred bucks. I don't know. I was I was thinking a second ago six hundred, but I'm like, I don't think that's right either. No, I think it was, this I think up it was now, 399. I'm kinda curious. Was it three ninety nine? I don't know why 600 jumped in my head, but I don't think it's 600. Um, let's just do... 600 was what Oculus launched at. Yeah, that's right. 600 was where Oculus Rift first was. PlayStation VR announcement. Um, and I misspelled every word in there. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Google, for picking it up. You're um, welcome. 2016. Let's see. Launching October for $3.99, yeah. But what did that include? Was that just the controller and the headset? That was just the headset. Did not include the controller? Did not include move controllers, just the headset. This has to include the controllers, because it's not like they can expect people to have move controllers at home. Yeah. Yeah, did not include the headset. Yeah, so I feel like if they can release this... Around that price range with the controllers, that would be ideal. They might lose money on it, just like they're losing money on the PlayStation 5. Um, but hopefully they'll make it up in software sales. And they are already, will probably already be making money off of PlayStation 5 at that point. Yeah. All yeah, right, we'll I'm bringing see. my video back. It's going to be delayed and glitchy and weird, but you can see my face. <laughs> um, the other side of the, the console VR coin is coming to us from Matt Kim 
at IGN. He says Xbox Series X VR not in the works, quote, at this time, according to Microsoft. So IGN Italy was reviewing the Xbox wireless headset, which apparently is very good. And got an interesting message on the screen when they plugged it in. It said the VR headset they plugged in needs an update, which was very intriguing. So they reached out to Microsoft. Microsoft reached, um, a spokesman from Microsoft reached out back and just said, and this is the exact quote, the copy in this error message is inaccurate due to localization bugs. VR for console is not a focus for us at this time. They didn't say it's not in development they just because it's not a focus for us so i think this kind of brought up the question of like well is this going to be coming at some point in the future they've said in the past it's definitely not um phil spencer's commented on this and said that pc is for vr and xbox is for these kind of home 2d flat screen experiences not 2d in like 2d 3d games but 2d versus vr like flat screen versus vr he also had um, that controversial quote where he said he was last year early last year he said we're not working on vr because nobody's asking for it yeah, and everyone was like, Which, "Well, did, I don't, I don't believe that for a second. <laughs> um, yeah, I think this is interesting. What are your thoughts on this, Chad? I, I a hundred percent believe them, and here's here's kind of my explanation for it. They have not ever had a wireless headset. Microsoft has never made a wireless headset, so they probably like named it. You know, the, the device identifier that the Xbox is picking up is probably is like Xbox headset or Microsoft headset. And mm-hmm. um, the Xbox runs a version of Windows 10. Windows 10 is compatible with VR devices. Mm-hmm. It's probably just like something that carried over from the PC or desktop version of Windows 10 over to Xbox. It recognized something called a headset, and the code told it, all right, display this message about VR headset. When it was really just, I think that's something, It probably not exactly that step or those series of things that happened, but I think it's just a holdover from them sharing software. And it recognizes it again. I wouldn't be surprised if it was that exact series of steps. Is it uses the same code base for Windows 10? I mean, it, it is Windows 10 on an Xbox Series right. X and S. So, like, I think that makes complete sense why that why this would happen. Um, I think I think you're right. It's a headset. Computer said headset VR headset. Here's a message I'm supposed to show when headsets are connected that need an update because I don't recognize right. this. Totally, totally plausible. Um, I and think it's, calling it's it probably like literally in whatever language this was, like they said it's a localization issue. It's probably literally like the same word maybe for both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I believe them that there's no VR headset in the works. I guess my question to you is, do you think they need to? I, I, I think that they are obviously missing out on an audience, but I think I've mentioned several times on here. I don't think Xbox making a VR headset is necessary. I don't think we need to fragment the VR community anymore and and make more incompatibility or more exclusive shit that everyone can't play, uh, play together. I think the right move is just to make existing VR capable of running with an Xbox, so that you can download. Excuse me, you can download mm-hmm. games to your Xbox and run them on an Oculus headset or run them on a Valve headset. Even though yeah. Oculus is moving I mean, away think- from that kind of thing and just doing all standalone. Yeah, I mean, you could still plug in a Quest 2 into a PC. Like, it can do that. Mm-hmm. And maybe one day, you're right, like, we'll see you can plug a Quest 2 or an Index or any other, like, headset that's not one of the typical kind of usual suspects. Um, you'll be able to plug into an Xbox and it'll work. I think that's a better approach for Microsoft. I think Sony doesn't have that option because they have their own custom software right. on 
PlayStation. Whereas Microsoft can say, well, why would we custom make this headset, custom make software when it already works on PC, it's already great, the Series X is possible, and in three years or something like that, when VR maybe becomes more competitive to a degree that they are interested in it, they can say, hey, we're going to unlock this. You can plug in an Oculus, you know, whatever, or a Vive, whatever, and No Man's Sky is going to have VR capabilities in it. Yeah. So, like, I think that's totally possible, and I think it's probably a cleaner direction for them to go in, whereas, like, Sony experiments with VR and kind of that kind of stuff. Microsoft's more ex- experimenting in their services and that kind of stuff. And those are the directions they go in. Microsoft doesn't need to invest money in experimenting with VR. They just don't have to. They don't need to. Um, yeah, that's it. That's all I've got to say about about VR yeah. this week. Well, no, you. it's actually not everything you have to say about VR, because moving on to playtime, oh, that's you have right. something VR-related right. here. I do have something VR-related here. Sorry, Dallas, I snarkily replied to you in the Twitch chat about the audio feed running over Holden's. You're right. I did just reduce that echo. You're welcome. Um, yes. <laughs> hey, uh, I played Beat Saber. They dropped a new soundtrack this week, which is dope. I'm loving how much they're still continuing to support that game, so it's four new tracks from their original artists. It's not like, hey, this is Linkin Park, or hey, this is Imagine Dragons. It's just like their original tracks, which are always fun. I had a blast with them, jumped in, S-ranked the first three. I could not... The last track on on the four was like an expert. I'd try everything on expert and just immediately S-rank it because I'm just like a god. Um, (laughs) But I jumped into that one and I couldn't S-rank it. I couldn't finish the song without any modifiers on after like three or four attempts. So I'm like, all right. I guess I'm not playing that song ever again. <laughs> no, just kidding. I just didn't have time for it, but I'm going to jump back into it. It's fun. Just want to say Beat Saber's the best game in the world. End of story. I played also Destiny 2 this week some more. Surprise. We raided again. It was great. Had a good old time. We we didn't actually guilt Joel into this. Joel guilted himself into buying yet another expansion on PlayStation, even though he mainly plays on Xbox. <laughs> so he bought Beyond Light so he could raid with us for Audrey's birthday. It was Audrey's birthday, and she decided she wanted to play Destiny with us. Also, what else do you do in a pandemic other than nothing? Uh, I'm playing Final Fantasy IX. I started playing that, um, mostly streaming it to my iPad with remote play as my preferred method because I can't find my Vita charger. Uh, Otherwise, I'd be remote (gasps) playing it to my Vita. Loving that. That's our barf game for this month, the backlog accomplishment with Respawn and Friends game. So everyone should be playing that for March and April. And we'll talk about it at the end of the month. Write us in your thoughts on it. Uh, I'm enjoying it. And then Holden. Spoilers. This is the biggest news. Outriders <laughs> the game is fucking awesome. The demo dropped a couple weeks. I know, I know we're late to this. The demo dropped a few weeks ago. And it's been on my, you know, dashboard on my PlayStation. I've been looking to get into it. I'm like, okay, okay, I'll get to it. It sounds cool. And then people have just like constantly been posting good things on twitter and i was like okay i've got nothing to do for like a little bit here one afternoon i was taking a break from work and so i texted the group i said hey anyone want to try out the outriders demo with me and dallas was like i'll do it i went in expecting based on the trailers that i had seen a destiny ripoff and that's why i was like okay i'll play this but it's never going to replace destiny for me so i'm I'm not going to put too much effort into it so i went in expecting a destiny ripoff and there's a single-player prologue chapter you have to play before you can play together. And Dallas and I were just playing it simultaneously. 
And while we were doing it, we were both talking about, oh man, this is pretty. And I was like, man, I like these these camera movements. I feel like you know it's it's all handheld. It's not your traditional open world talk over the shoulder at somebody. I like the can- it's it's shaky. There's interesting cinematography going on. And then I said, you know what? It kind of reminds me of Mass Effect in that way. And then we start talking hmm. to the characters, and there are dialogue options. You can learn more about what they're doing in their backstories. The acting is great. The sci-fi story gets really interesting really quickly, and we're like, "Fuck, this is kind of like Mass Effect. This is this sounds like it's going to be a really great experience." And so I was really into it. And then you get into the combat, and I'm like, you know what? The combat kind of feels pretty good. It feels very Gears of War. It's a it's a cover based um, shooter, although from our play styles, you can also like run in and just fucking run and gun everywhere, but you might die a few times. <laughs> but it's Gears of War cover based. I was like, the weapons feel really good. It feels kind of like heavy, like Gears of War. So like you're, it's not like super auto tracky like Destiny is, which is why it feels so you feel so great and powerful in Destiny. I was like, man, this feels good. This feels good. I'm liking this. And then you get the powers. You choose your class and you get your superpowers. And they have a Technomancer, which is like taking shit from the anomaly around you and turning it into weapons and turrets or healing shit. They have the trickster, which is playing with space time and freezing people and like warping places, shooting people behind and warping back out. There's the devastator, which is taking like earth and shit like that and like pounding the ground, covering yourself with armor, being a tank. And then there's the pyromancer where you're just all sorts of fire shit and turning people to ash. And they have mastered making you feel badass as hell with all of these superpowers. And it felt really cool. And I was really super into it. And I was like, man, fuck. I hate that I like this game a lot. Because I wasn't planning on buying it. It also comes free on, on with Xbox Game Pass day one on April 1st. I was like, damn it. Does it have crossplay? It has crossplay, not cross progression though. So if I started on Game Pass, I can't bring my save over to PlayStation. So now I have this dilemma of like, do I buy it on PlayStation or do I play it free on Xbox? And I decided I'm going to buy it on PlayStation for the trophies, but also like that's where my friends are going to play. I don't want to have to worry about like doing Discord for audio or in-game chat because it's always going to sound terrible. But this game is fucking dope. It has it's and I didn't realize this until like a couple of days ago when I listened to the the JK Games podcast with Jerrica and Kayla, um, that the developers are People Can Fly who made most of the Gears of War games with Epic. They co-developed them and also worked on Bulletstorm with Gearbox, which is why the skill tree and like the powers feel really developed and and good like Borderlands does. Like They have those, those partnerships. They've worked with these people before. But it's a Square Enix game published by Square Enix. And I totally got lost in it. And we played even more today. I was like, I want to try out. You can play the demo, the whole first chapter of the game. You can play the demo. Uh, You can skip the prologue once you've unlocked it so you can try out the different characters and figure out which class you want to go with. And so Dallas and I, again, played again with a different character. And we we ended up kind of choosing which one we think we're going to go with. But um, I think the thing that sold me on it was that it's not a game of service like I thought it was. It is a linear experience with side quests and stuff like that, but they are telling a story from start to finish. So I'm I'm very excited that this might fill the tiny Mass Effect hole in my heart until Mass Effect trilogy gets here in May. I'm fuck I just fucking love it. I think I honestly think you should give it a shot too. We obviously won't have room for you in our group of three because you can only play with three people. But I think you would really, really enjoy it. And you can play the whole thing single player as well. Or Brent might want to play it with you too. Cause I'm sure Dallas is gonna get it and then Brent will have it. 
I have not cared about this game, honestly, until your explanation. That was a great explanation. The Mass Effect aspects to it, the Gears of War. I mean, I don't play a lot of Gears of War, but I'm familiar enough with its combat that I know I like that style of combat. That's a, it's a fun experience. That that sounds really, really interesting. And I did totally think of it as a game of service game. So knowing that it's kind of this linear story, and I'm like, all right, well, you know what? I, I will give that a try. And my Game Pass just renewed for three months, so <laughs> so you've got I have it. No choice. Yeah, I got it. Um, I don't have my Xbox <clears throat> with me in Texas right now, but when I go back in about two weeks. Um, I can totally give that a shot. That sounds awesome. That sounds like a really good experience. Just for now, um, play the demo on PlayStation. Cool. Just download the demo. I mean, progress oh, yeah. carries over. Is it if still you care available? About not replaying the first ninety. Yeah, you can, the demo's available forever and beyond. Oh, still okay. Oh, okay. Gotcha. To infinity but, and beyond. Uh, yeah, no, forever and beyond, which is the band I made with Orva Crawford. <laughs> <laughs> when I was like eight years old, we called it Forever and Beyond, and we abbreviated it to Fab. <laughs> I played a little like twelve key Casio keyboard. Orva didn't play anything. Morgan played a trash can drum. <laughs> I was just saying that. I was thinking Forever and Beyond is actually a really good band name. And he said Fab, and I'm like an undercut so fast. Yep. yep. <laughs> Forever Beyond, though, that's a good band name. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah. All right, sorry. That's it for what I played. I'm just super into Outriders right now. You are all good. Um, I learned a lot from that. that was just, I did not know any of that. I also just hadn't I hadn't looked into it. I just kind of thought, oh, it looks like a game service game, blah, and didn't want to do it. But now I'm convinced. I'm yeah. totally going to do that. Um, I played two things this week. We'll talk about Animal Crossing later on. I actually didn't play it. I'm jaded. But we'll get, we'll get there. Uh, I played Maquette, which is um, with the free game for PlayStation 5 PS Plus right now. Uh, there's a trailer released for a little while ago. It's like a puzzle story game. And I was immediately intrigued based on the trailer. I finished it in one sitting just because it's really short and I wanted to get it over with. Um, I wouldn't say I loved this game. I did not hate it, um, but I, I it was fine. It's a three and a half hour experience, according to howtobeat.com. I think it probably took me about that amount of time. Basically, what it is, is it's a story game kind of in the context of like a um, um, The Remains of Edith Finch. What Remains of Edith Finch and how like you'll walk around. There'll be like kind of text blurbs that fill up the screen. There's a narrator telling you the story. You'll go to a certain part of the world and and they'll kind of unfold a sequence that like a video sequence of like people talking to kind of tell you the story and the story was just awful. It was just really bad. And if it wasn't for the really cool puzzle mechanics, I, I would have stopped like, holy crap. Um, just, I'll, I'll talk about the story really quickly first and then I'll go to the puzzle mechanics. Bad okay. first, good later. Um, so the story is like this, like love story. And the whole time I'm thinking, what, what does this love story have to do with the puzzles and the world I'm exploring, it doesn't like it doesn't connect at all for me. And also, the love story is so bland and like uninteresting. It's literally like, oh, we both scrapbook, isn't that nice? And it's like this perfect <laughs> like relationship in the beginning, where like everything is just like, hey, I just, I kind of feel like we're more than friends. Like, yeah, I feel that too. And I'm like, oh, this is just like so awful. And then like the next chapter immediately, it's like, there were problems. Why'd you come home late? I was working. Oh, you were working. <laughs> it's just like, 
And it's just like, I don't care. I just want to skip this part of the story. It just, it's so boring. And then it, it, there's just, there's no sense of character. It just feels like there was a male person talking and there's a female person talking and they're in love. I couldn't tell you what their names were. I couldn't tell you anything about their personalities, what they're interested in. Like they talked about work in school, but I don't know what they're studying in school. I don't know what they do for work. I have like no reason to like care about these people at all. But I only kept going because the puzzles were interesting, but it got tough at certain points because if you mess up something in the puzzles, the restart button resets the entire level, which means you have to listen to all those really boring story sequences oh, all no. over again. And I was, oh, I was bashing my head against the wall until I figured out there's an there's a save mechanic where you can save it. So I'd save it before I started a new puzzle element, and then I would just go back to that save as opposed to restarting the whole level. But let's talk about the puzzles themselves because it's a really, really clever puzzle game, even though it's kind of short. And the idea of the puzzle is that there are three levels to this world. There's a huge version of the world that's outside of where you typically are. There's the area you're walking around. And then there's a smaller version of the area you're walking around that looks like a playset version. So you have, and they're all the exact same world, but bigger or smaller versions of it. And the idea is that you will say need to place a staircase. So you'll have this little tiny staircase that you can pick up and move into the, like the playset small version, put it where you want. And then it shows up exactly that way in the medium and large size versions of the world. And it plays with that concept to build a bridge so you can cross a certain area you couldn't before, but then they really start to like play with it where You'll actually then take the big size version of that item and put that in the playset version so that you can navigate somewhere even higher than you couldn't before. And they do a really kind of good job of getting you to like, I think a good puzzle is where you feel like you've broken the game to achieve the result. But then you realize, oh, no, that was actually how you were supposed to solve this puzzle. <laughs> yeah. That's really cool. So there's a lot of moments like that throughout the game that I really enjoyed. Um and there's definitely parts where you're like scratching your head like how on earth is this supposed to work? And then you'll figure out one small little thing and you're like, oh, pff, brain blown. That's how it is. Like there's lots of really cool moments like that throughout. So like I'm caught on ends with it where I really like some of the puzzle elements of it. Even if sometimes it was too vague and I had to like reset everything to like make sure I was doing it the right way. Um and then also just the other side of that is just the story is so horrible. I wish that it just wasn't a part of the experience at all. Um, so like, I guess like I would recommend playing it if you're interested in those kind of puzzle games because it's free on PlayStation Plus. Like, why not? It's not a long experience. Um, but I definitely kind of went into it with a higher hope than, um, and then I ended up feeling like got met. So I'm kind of conflicted on it. But like overall, like it was fine. Here's what interests um, me about that game. It yeah. <clears throat> first of all the. It looks, it's a cool idea, you know, playing with the tiny world and the big world and the big world and the tiny world, like that, that relationship yeah. between the two. The trailer looked cool. Um, it's free, which is cool, but it's a short game. It's like a four or five hour mm -hmm. platinum, apparently. Ooh. I don't like puzzle games, and it sounds like I'm not going to like trying to figure it out myself because I might see some more shit over and over that I don't want to see. But <laughs> if I just go online and look up the solution to all these puzzles, that's like maybe a two or three hour platinum. If I don't have to think or work hard to, that's what interests me, Holden. You might have just enabled <laughs> well, it me as a drug addict. It actually uses the hint system. 
So oh, a few it does. From okay. like, am I missing something? It's not perfect. There are points where like I was missing a hint completely, and it kept hinting to something I'd already done. So it's not perfect, um, but it is there if you need it. And there was like two points where I'm like, mm, what is this going to tell me? Because I'm just, I just need like a nudge in the right direction. Um, so that's there. Got it. Got it. What are you doing playing No Man's Sky again? Yeah, so I got No Man's Sky. I so here's the story. There is when I bought a digital version of the PlayStation Five, I knew I would have to rebuy No Man's Sky again because I have the disc for, of that game. I don't know why. I don't know what possessed me to do such a vile act, <laughs> but I did buy the physical version of that game. That is disgusting. And I kind of figured, even if I buy the physical version of it or the digital version of it, it's still cheaper to have bought the digital PlayStation 5 and the digital version of No Man's Sky than it would have been to have just bought a physical version of the PlayStation 5 just for No Man's Sky. Yeah. So also, I was what a waste for of an sale. investment. Yeah. And I was going to wait for a sale, but I'm like, eh, I got my Steam check this week. This is what it's for, to feed it back into Hello Games <laughs> and support <laughs> their economy. And I got to say, the PlayStation 5 version's excellent it's like really really good the improvements are massive just with loading times it felt night and day difference but this is the the common story with this generation it feels like is oh my god loading times are so much better so i won't waste much time with that but considering you'd have to spend about two minutes waiting to get into the game the first time you load it on a ps4 and now it's like 30 seconds huge difference Warping between planets, or not planets, uh, different galaxies, or blah, different solar systems. That's about 10 seconds now, where it was like a full minute before. Like, all these improvements, so worth it. 4K 60 frames per second, just feel super smooth all throughout. It That alone's way better. But it's got the 3D audio, and that makes these worlds really come to life in a way they didn't before, especially when you couple that with more lively planets because it's a heavily cpu based game because they have to procedurally generate everything in the world they can generate more stuff now so the terrain looks more realistic there's just much more uh, plant life and animals kind of walking around and stuff where it feels more lively as a planet than i never did before the grass parts way when you move through it i'm finding much more lush planets as a result like it's just like an insanely improved experience that i'm really really excited to keep excuse me, to keep exploring. I feel more compelled to play this game than ever before. And it's especially because the DualSense controller is fucking dope with this game. You feel everything in the haptics. Whenever you're using your mining tools, you'll actually feel the rocks pop and explode when you mine them enough. Um, you you just get that sense of feedback when you shoot your gun, when you go into um, into warp speed and everything. It's just like you feel the game more than you ever felt it before. Yeah. And I think <clears throat> it's a really, really good example of what the PS5 can do. Like it just in every way, it's a way better experience. And there are also so many things that I missed the last time I returned to No Man's Sky. There's a ton of stuff that I miss that I really appreciate. Like things even in space feel more lively because you can come across space anomalies and things like that now. Where like I was flying and it's like, oh, stop. There's something um, that we've detected something. And then you stop um, in, from your flying in your pulse drive. You slow down. And then all of a sudden there's these like giant space worm um, in front of me and I'm like oh shit like just keep going I'm not fighting that thing <laughs> like I gotta get out of here <laughs> um, I met the sandworm on a planet and that was super super cool I found 
the coolest planet I've ever seen in No Man's Sky, which was a bioluminescent planet where there were like these waves of light that will travel across the planet. But the it's like the grass would light up, the mushrooms that were acting as like the trees of the planet would light up, all in these like wave-like patterns that would move across the planet. It was so cool looking, and it only happened at night. So when I first started the planet, I'm like, oh, this is some kind of cool looking like purple grass, and I like these big mushroom towers, and then night hit, and I'm like, oh my god, they're all lighting up in this like wave pattern. That's insane. It was just, I'm seeing really cool things. There was Makes a you planet go back that was and made visit all the planets scales. at night <laughs> and see what you all missed. All the planets. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, though. Yeah, um, it's like it, it. They've just added so much to that game. It's a much, much improved experience. So I'm in. I'm back in, man. I want to keep playing that game. <laughs> and I, f- I feel like now that I've like in my Animal Crossing, I've kind of gotten my island that I wanted. And that was kind of like my go to like work on this for a long period of time kind of game. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to build a base in No Man's Sky. And I want to invest the same kind of time in that than I did with Animal Crossing. So I think this is going to kind of take over Animal Crossing for a while, even though those games really have nothing to do with each other. And it's also because I'm really jaded in Animal Crossing, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Is it because of the video I sent you guys? (laughs) Oh, I I saw the clip, but I haven't watched it yet. You haven't watched it yet? Oh, man. It's it's, it's spoopy. It's spoopy. It's spoopy? spoopy? Animal Crossing? It's spoopy? Interesting. Yeah, it's a six-minute short horror film about this girl playing Animal Crossing on her bed and demons and shit. Oh, okay, interesting. It's, it's good, it's good. <laughs> Moving out of the quest log, we're starting off with Sony here, and we got, our, I think, a really good story, which is PlayStation invests in Jade Raymond's new independent studios as Christopher Dring at gamesindustry.biz. So after leaving Google, Jade Raymond is heading up a new studio at Sony called Haven Entertainment Studios, and they are working on an original IP for PlayStation 5. I'm sure they have made almost no progress on it considering she left <laughs> right. Google like five seconds ago. Um, Chad, are you excited about this? Sure. Sure. <laughs> and it's a PlayStation exclusive game, which already gives it a leg up in quality. It means, in my eyes, like whenever I see something that's PlayStation exclusive, it means, oh, PlayStation's pumping money into this. They care about it. And I can I see what they do with their exclusive properties. So that, yes, has me excited. Jade Raymond is, you know, you know her best from Assassin's Creed, Stadia, and two things that are like, I, I couldn't really get into. <laughs> so I hope that whatever she makes is going to be great. Um, but no, she does, she does great work. People love her games. It's a shame mm-hmm. that she wasn't able to do what she wanted at Stadia, but it's cool that Sony is saying, hey... We recognize talent, and we want to put money in it. That post that she made on PlayStation Blog heavily suggested, to me at least, that the Google Stadia working experience was not awesome. Yeah, yeah. She says something along the lines of, like, in the past few years, these are the things that I've wanted to do. And I'm like, you've been at Google the past few years, and now you're <laughs> saying you're able to do these things. Um, so I hope yeah, that you were at Google, I, it's always nice. Leading when, a studio developing first party yeah. like original properties and you couldn't do the things that you wanted to do oh shit yeah so i i, I it's always nice when a creative kind of lead in the industry basically she she has wings she can fly now that's great i yeah. wish amy hennig would get an experience like this because she's that poor woman <laughs> so you yeah. know we have that whole documentary about free britney we need to free amy hennig <laughs> <laughs> 
Just give her her Star Wars game back. I want Project Ragtag right. really badly. Just let her release anything. She hasn't been able to release a game in over a decade. <laughs> uh, can you imagine being just creatively like tied up like that? Not tied up in like so many creative projects. It's creative like, blue balls. Unable to do anything. Yeah. Yes. You get yes, so excited about absolutely. something, you get like three quarters of the way done. Like, oh no, you're not on this anymore. Or we're canceling that thing. Good luck elsewhere. Mm-hmm. You're like, fuck. You gotta go take a cold that shower. That must be what hell is. <laughs> yes, that's what hell is. It's Amy Hennig getting things canceled over and over. (laughs) What is not hell and what is heavenly is PlayStation giving out 10 fantastic PS4 games for Play at Home 2021, says Jordan DeVore at Destructoid. Here are the 10... Well, actually, it's more... Is it 10 games? Yeah, 10 games that um, Sony's making available for free. These are good games. Abzu, Enter the Gungeon, Res Infinite, which has optional VR, Subnautica, The Witness, Astrobot Rescue Mission for PlayStation, actually the next few are PlayStation VR, Astrobot Rescue Mission, Moss, Thumper, which is not only PlayStation VR, but you can get it that way, and then Paper Beast, and then also um, Horizon Zero Dawn, the complete edition is going to be free as well. There's a lot of good stuff there, and also a wide variety. In addition to, you you know, they've had Ratchet & Clank available for free for the last few weeks as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, I say this is a, a dope lineup of games. I've played most of them on this list. Um, if you if you own them through PlayStation Plus, make sure you still go and actually like redeem them through this as well. That way, even if you stop paying for PlayStation Plus, you have these games for free. Uh, mm-hmm. Five of these are PlayStation VR games, and they are arguably some of the best VR games that exist on the platform. So if someone's like, hey, I'm getting a VR, what should I get? These five games would 100% be on that list, which is awesome. Thumper is mm-hmm. optional VR, but you should definitely play it in VR if you have that option. Um, the only one I'm not familiar with is actually Subnautica, whatever that is. But everything else is awesome. It's like so, uh, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn's coming or also like delayed. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. Sub, under, nautica, nautical, ocean, boats, sailors. Uh, but yeah, Boom. Horizon Zero Dawn's coming April 19th, I think it is. So it's coming a couple weeks after everything else. But that's dope. I'm curious. Like, they, yeah. they released a few games last year under this same, like, Stay at Home 2020. Like, what made them wait another year to continue this program? They're like, we're conti- we're excited to continue Stay at Home. I'm like, we've been fucking suffering. Because <laughs> <laughs> no, they want to go buy it. games. That's why. <laughs> they do. They do. Can't give out too much free stuff. Everyone play I'm Abzu. excited to... Play Abzu, y'all. Give it a shot. I'm excited that The Witness is here. Not that I think that like, everyone would love that game, but it's just it's a hard game to tell someone to buy. It's like, oh, it's really great. You'll explore this beautiful island and solve line puzzles. I'm like, great. I'll spend my $40 <laughs> elsewhere. Yep. But I feel like now that it's free, it's like, hey, try this out. It's not for everyone, but there's a chance you could really enjoy it. And that's a much easier sell than telling you to put money down on it. Yeah. So... Give that game a chance. It's a really, really good puzzle game. Um, and then Thumper is just dope. That's a really cool game. I've also been wanting to do Paper Beast. I haven't given it a shot. It came out a few months ago, and I've seen a lot of good stuff on Twitter about it. Um, but that's, it's like a VR, you're immersed in like this dinosaur origami planet, and it looks really cool. So I'm excited mm-hmm. to try that. Yeah. Glad we're excited about that. I am not excited for this next set of stories we're going to be talking about. Oh, like, not no. Matter Hold in. In the notes, I actually just wrote out the um, expletive emoji because <laughs> I'm really mad. Are you an Animal Crossing a, getting a divorce? 
we were getting Do I have to pick sides? No, I'm, I'm being... picking Animal Crossing. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say up front, I am a jaded, ungrateful fan. I recognize that. This is not like... <laughs> I am being ungrateful. So here are the details. Nintendo details Animal Crossing New Horizons big anniversary updates as Ryan Craddock and Nintendo Life. It includes such great anniversary prizes such as an anniversary cake. You get a cake. I haven't opened up the game because I don't care about getting this stupid cake. <laughs> uh, the headline here is Sen- um, Sanrio Sweetness, which basically just means there are these special, I guess, Sanrio characters and, and furniture items, but they're only accessible if you have these amiibo cards. They're already sold out, so good luck. Um, one feature that actually is a big deal for a lot of people, I don't care, but I respect this is a big feature for a lot of people, is the Custom Designer um, Pro Editor Plus. There is basically like a higher, in the game there's a pro tier of the custom designs you can make. This is another level above that, so you can have more designs if you want to, which has been a heavily requested feature. So I, I props for, um, to them for doing that. They also have a custom design portal, so you can kind of share your designs more easily. And then there's just like more seasonal items in the update as well. We'll talk about that first. Here's why I'm jaded and, and like upset. I was really hoping, and this is my own expectations here, I had very specific expectations of like a big yearly update in the lines of the um, Welcome Amiibo for, for New Leaf, that they were going to do something kind of bigger, and it's just, it just feels like the same exact thing. It wouldn't have bugged me if they just didn't call this an anniversary update. It just said like, hey, here's another, here's our March update. That, it wouldn't have bugged me. It's that they yeah. called this the anniversary <clears throat> update, and it's like, we're giving you a cake. This just felt like kind of cheap to me. Like I just was really bummed. I want new stores. I want to see Nook's Cranny expand because in every other game he's had like five expansions and we only have two in this game. I what, want like that kind of content. What's typical in an anniversary? I, I'm not familiar with the Animal Crossing games before this one. What's typical in an anniversary update there or like a big update? So, yeah. So, I mean, the... Um, the Welcome Amiibo, which isn't necessarily an anniversary, it was just kind of like a big tier update for uh, Animal Crossing New Leaf. That included um, a whole new currency in the game in the form of these like tickets. It included a whole new set of items that you could be getting. Not seasonal, but just like a new like set of items that are available year-round. It included a campsite, which had a whole nother like, kind of aspect to the game was added there. Um, and it was something they actually charged money for. Like that was that big, like that oh, kind gotcha. of level of an update. Um, and I don't expect that they'll do um, a like a paid update. I kind of feel like they sold enough copies, so they'll probably just do like a you know big update. But maybe they will do DLC now. I don't know. But like when they call this anniversary, it just gave me this idea of like, oh, it's going to be big. There was also just like a lot of and again, this plays into me being an ungrateful fan and me having expectations was that they were there was a lot of rumors about like a big anniversary update coming up that was going to kind of shake things up a little bit. So there's kind of like a lead up in that way. And I think also for me, like I was expecting specific things. It wasn't like I had this general notion of like, can't just wait to see whatever they offer me. Like I did have specific things that I kind of want. Like I said, like the Nook's Cranny and that kind of stuff. So that's why I'm kind of bummed. It's like, I felt like if they're going to do an anniversary update, I would have wanted more than a cake. And villagers <laughs> that I wouldn't have gotten via amiibo cards that I wouldn't have bought that no one can buy because they're sold out. It just feels weird to me. Yeah. I'm not. I don't think that this is like it. I think there will still be like monthly updates like they've been doing every month. 
Um, but it just felt weird to me to call this the anniversary update as opposed to just saying, hey, it's the March update. We're adding the custom Pro Editor Plus. I mean, in past updates last year, they did add new features like the museum was getting bigger. They added Red Ship. Um, like they've uh, they added Gullivar. So there's like a new like, you know, um, person coming to your town every um, every week. Like they've they've done big updates like that already in a standard monthly update that I feel like the custom, you know, pro editor plus whatever could have just been a part of a normal update. So I don't see why they had to call this an anniversary outside of offering a cake. It just feels weird to me. Um, the other reason I'm jaded and actually just skip over a story here, <laughs> they're bringing back bunny day and it sounds like it's the exact same crappy bunny day that we had last year that seemed yeah. to piss off everyone those fucking eggs stupid yeah the stupid eggs everywhere you shake a tree you get eggs you go fishing you might not get a fish you might get an egg you find a fossil on the ground it actually it might be an egg oh there was a, a present flying in the sky let me get it oh it's a stupid egg like all that is coming back and i feel like that was so heavily <laughs> criticized like why are they doing that so my only note here is fuck bonnie day fuck zipper and fuck those stupid eggs i can't believe they're bringing it back <laughs> Like, it's just awful. But silver lining here. There actually is kind of a cool thing that I did want to talk about that they did this week. And that is um, Animal Crossing New Horizon Island Tour Creator will let you create your own tour videos, says Ryan Craddock at Nintendo Life. So basically what this does, it's a website service where it takes screenshots and videos that you've made of your island and compiles them together to make a video trailer of your island. So if anyone uses, like has a Mac and has used iMovie, you can, there's like the trailers function where like you put in a bunch of video and it makes a movie trailer for you and kind of like a theme. It sounds like it's kind of like that, but to show off your, your Animal Crossing Island, which I think works better than doing what I did when I posted my video about my Animal Crossing Island, which was like, hey, here's me just walking around the island. It's 15 minutes long. Here it's like, hey, spend a shorter period of time just looking at some highlights of my island from screenshots that I liked and videos that I've made um, using the capture um, button on the Switch. It just feels like that's a really good, simple, easy way to show off your island and in a way that is accessible for other people to view as opposed to these like longer form tours of, of islands. So this is a cool idea. It comes out March 23rd and it's available until the end of the year. So it's not permanent. There but are two knows, things that I be. have to say about this. One. Yeah. Well, here's half. That is a cool thing. And I think it's something that uh, it's weird that it took them a year to do that. Number one, this should be an in-game thing. It should be something that you click, hey, I want to do an island tour, and That's you choose what parts of the island to yeah. show off, and it generates a video for you in the game that you can then share to your photo roll and, and then do the stupid QR code to transfer to your phone. It should be something in-game, not something that you upload some shit to a website to. Two, what the fuck is up with Nintendo doing these limited-time things? People want this island tour <laughs> thing. Why does it end at the end of the year? Mario is going away forever in two weeks. Why is that going away? It's stupid. Why put these arbitrary deadlines on things? Uh, I'm breaking up with Nintendo. We're getting a divorce. I know you're going to choose Nintendo over me. Oh, my God. I totally forgot. Okay, I have to. This is a little unrelated, but I have to mention this. I So I'm in Texas, mm-hmm. um, and there was an Amazon store, and I'm like, Let, this is related, I promise, to what we were just talking okay, about. Okay. And... I'm like, oh, let me go to the Amazon store. First of all, the stores are a mess. They're an absolute mess. <laughs> that's besides the point. These are the ones where you can They're go so in confused. and you can just take shit off the walls and walk out and they'll charge you, right? 
Um, not yet. Um, okay. but it's still like a normal store, but it's just like it's anything you can buy at Amazon, which means there's no consistency. There's no specific thing you can say. Oh, the Amazon store will have this. It's just like a mishmash of anything you can get on Amazon, which is really weird. But anyway, um, they had four copies, four physical copies of Super Mario 3D All Stars. I should have bought them. Because oh, dude, they're going to be worth at least double. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, ah, I'm not gonna do. It. I'm not gonna be that person. But I and was you just got so your stimmy check. tempted to. <laughs> yeah, add exactly. the money to and front. I'm like, I'm like, oh, I should have done it. I didn't do it because I just, I don't know if I wanted to be that dude. But um, oh, I was so close. I could have done it. I could have done it, but I didn't. I didn't do it. Anyway, sorry. I just, I had to bring that up. Yeah, yeah. Um, back to your thing about Island Tour Creator, though. I think you're right that having it as a in-game thing would have been really really cool there's an island you can go to this guy named harvey who's like he helps you take photos and that kind of stuff they could have been a part of him so you go there and you're like hey i want to make this album of of my island he's like all right give me the photos you have and then it opens up like the camera roll or the gallery on your switch you pick the ones you want and then you send them it that totally could have worked and it totally could have fit within the context of of that world so Damn, they need to hire you to work at Animal Crossing. I'm sure you'd love that job. I would <laughs> shoot myself right in the foot and then go on disability and, and just collect money from them and not work. <laughs> uh, moving on to our third-party quest log, which is just the one kind of big story here about Square Enix Presents 2020 Spring 2021. Um, IGN, um, well, Adam Bankhurst at IGN compiled a list of everything they announced, so we're gonna going off of that. Did you watch the event shed i did not watch the event i caught up on the the announcements i intended to watch the forespoken trailer which used to be project athea because i heard it was really really cool but i forgot to watch it yeah i um i checked that out um let's let's start with that one um we don't talk about every story there because there's just a lot of things that i just don't think i don't think people need to hear our opinion on uh bubble bobble four friends um the the baron's Baron's back back is the full (laughs) the baron's back (laughs) Oh uh, yeah, sort of forespoken. Um, I watched the trailer. It was not a lot. It's basically just saying it's coming out next year. Here's the actress. I forgot her name, but she's in this. She's the main character, and there's some really cool looking traversal. It looks like it's very very fast. So they kind of said like it's designed for PS5. I'm sure that SSD allows them to navigate that world faster than they would have on prior consoles, and it That's looks super sexy. Drive damn good. Super sexy drive. Um, yeah, that looks really cool. I'm excited about that. I'm interested to kind of see see more of that, for sure. Got a big old letdown with as Avengers. Aven- I was yep. going to ask you, as an Avengers person, what did you think of that stuff? I saw the Black Panther trailer they released. Um, it looks like it's going to be another Melee character. It's going to perform very similarly to Black Widow, I assume. And they showed some more, like one more environment that I'm sure is going to be like three oh, rooms. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that's all they're going to, I'm just, I'm not excited by the shit they're putting out. The shit they're putting out is not addressing the shit that everyone wants them to fix. Especially, I don't know if you, if you mm-hmm. read about this, but they, a couple weeks ago announced that they are making it harder to level up than it previously <laughs> yeah, was. Yeah. And everyone's like, why the, f- people want to play your game. Stop making it harder for them to level up and instead fix the things people are asking you to fix. Uh, Can you imagine if No Man's Sky, when that game first came out, they were like, hey, we hear your complaints, you guys. We're going to make 
half the number of items on a planet because we know you guys are saying they're too sparse <laughs> and we're gonna rein that back a little bit oh my god so they're they're making mistakes left and right with that one unfortunately um i do look forward to a year or two from now when they finally release the update like the taken king version of destiny when it's like we fixed a whole bunch of shit and now it's a good game like that's i'm looking forward to that and i will play it again and there will be an exhaustive list of characters that i can finally play as maybe because right now they're on track to release like three characters a year when they were making it sound like it was going to be like 10. Um, so yeah, Hawkeye and Black Panther didn't do enough to bring me into that game again. In fact, it just disappointed me more with its trajectory. Uh, Life is Strange, I've never really been into, but it's cool that that's getting uh, a new game announced for 2021. And there's a remaster collection too for anyone who wants to play through all of those as well. Nothing in here really other other than that tickled my pickle. Yeah, there's not a whole lot in here. I mean, there's Outriders. We already talked about that. Yep. Um, there's Tomb Raider Definitive Survivor Survival Blah Survivor Trilogy, which like, cool. Good people who want to play that game. I mean, yeah, I already have all those whole, games for free through PlayStation lot. Plus, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to buy the trilogy. And it's not like they're going to be like graphically improved or anything. Is there like a next-gen version that you have? I don't even know. The next-gen know. updates for it? I have no clue. Yeah, it was a fine event, but usually the first event for any new company doing a new direct style event, they're usually not the, the their strongest effort. It's usually just to kind of start things, keep it yeah. going. There'll be more. Um, I think this is going to be one of the summer. I'm sure we'll hear more about Final Fantasy 16. Maybe not in that next summer one, but at, at, at a Square Enix Presents event at some point. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll look forward think, to seeing more honestly, from them. Honestly, their first like dipping their toes into doing a regular direct style thing, I have I think it was successful enough. It was as good as your average Nintendo Direct. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Those are the kind of bigger quest items we have for the week. Moving on to our fetch quests. Um, starting off with three Game Pass-related stories. First one we've technically already talked about, which is uh, Outriders is coming to Game Pass April 1st. Already talked about that. Undertale is coming to Xbox just period for the first time, but also coming to Game Pass. That's available already. So if you have not played Undertale, play it. It's an incredible experience. Don't look up anything online about it. Just play it. It's wonderful. Um, the other, this is a big one too, is Xbox Game Pass PC subscribers are getting 60 plus EA games on March 18th, which means they're already available. So go check those out. Um, so there's some good games to try out. Like, for example, like Jedi Fallen Order, like it might not be our favorite game, but like for free through Game, Pla yeah, game Pass, if you've experienced yeah. it, go for it, man. That's a good one to just try out. And that's a big this thing. This is a big, the, one a big thing to note, actually, is that the mm -hmm. Game Pass PC has been kind of getting the shaft whenever it comes to Game Pass announcements. Like, for instance, mm -hmm. Outriders is coming to Game Pass day one, not coming to PC version, though. EA Play is included with Xbox Game Pass, not on PC. It's delayed. Several months later, we now are finally getting it, which is nice. So, like, it's good to see that they're delivering on some of these things on PC, starting with EA mm -hmm. Play. Yeah. This next story, though, I'm done with the Game Pass stuff for now. Mm. This next story is a big deal for Chad. Dungeons & Dragons Dark mm. Alliance release date announced. It's coming June 22nd, 2021 for all the Xboxes, all the Playstations, and PC. Chad? I'm so gooey. What do you think? That that trailer, it was yummy, yummy Cocoa Puff. It looks like exactly what I want it to be. It's four characters from the D&D universe that I don't care about except for one, which is Drizzt. The other, I don't even know who they are. But it's going to be fucking dope. I can't wait. I can't wait to get all my nerdy friends together and we're all going to play through this game and have a grand old time. 
Gotham Knights is slipping to 2022, says Jordan Devore Destructoid. We can get upset, guys, but I think the next story will explain exactly why we should be upset about this. Cyberpunk 2077 patch 1.2 will fix police response driving and more, says uh, Charlie Hill at Polygon. Quick, just like little peef thing I have to mention. Where I'm like, oh man, I think this game is more screwed than we think. And I've been high on this game and I still think it's a good game. But like, man, so one of the things they talked about in this patch was that steering felt weird at certain points. And they said, oh, we went into the code and we realized that um, when you get to lower frame rates, the way it responds at lower frame rates isn't great. So rather than putting the work into fixing the frame rate, they just make it work better when the frame rate is low, which to <laughs> me is not a great sign. Like, I feel like if they're like, oh, we had this plan to fix the frame rate, that will just eventually fix the the um, the steering they decided to fix the steering with low frame rates. I, that's not a sign of confidence for me. Yeah. So that's disheartening to hear. They were saying when it gets down to like 20 and below, it's a problem. I'm like, are you still expecting this game to be below 20 frames per second when you've patched this thing up? Like, oof, oof, not good. Um, Moving on, though, um, a good update that's coming out. Among Us mm-hmm. Airship Map, a new update is coming out later on this month. Woo! So that'll be fun. I'm down to play some more Among Us. Google Play revenue uh, cut lowered to 15% on the first 1 million, which is exactly what Apple did uh, back in November, which is your first million dollars, you you keep more of the purchase or in-app purchase of your app, and then after the million dollars, it goes to a 30% cut. They said it that this will impact... It is slightly different Google. than the Apple one. Is it slightly the, different than Apple's? Yeah, the Apple one is in your first year... If you make a million dollars or less, you only get charged 15%. If you make a million point two, then your next year, you're going to owe 30% the entire year. Even if you didn't make that much money again. Whereas Google's resets your count every single year. And it's like everything you earn up to a million is at 15%. And as you earn more than that, that's now at 30%. Now in the Apple one, say that your second year... You're now paying a 30% cut, but you don't make a million dollars. Does it go back to 15% the next year? In your third year, it, it will reset to 15, yeah. Okay, okay, interesting. Yeah, the Google's a little bit better there. I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if Apple adopts that, because that does sound definitively better for for developers. And what, what it's, loss it's also really Google's make? implementing theirs in June, uh, which will be like almost a year after Apple implemented theirs. So like they've had some time to like see how the test the waters with Apple and see how developers are responding mm-hmm. to it and make some changes. So I'm sure Apple can adapt yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, this will impact positively impact 99% of developers selling apps on Google play. So that's huge. Basically the huge companies will continue to, to get charged 30%. Yep. That's basically what this means. And I'm totally fine with that. I it's very fair. Um, Lastly, actually, probably should have included this earlier, um, but PlayStation exclusive Avengers Spider Man not coming anytime uh, soon. I think I forgot soon. to type in yeah. soon. <laughs> yeah, it's not coming anytime. Um, it says Romanicon at PlayStation Lifestyle. So they basically said that he's not coming before Black Panther, which is coming in the summer. So don't expect any Spider Man coming yeah. before then, but they are still working on him. They did. They mentioned that Spider-Man is coming in 2021, but literally every single thing has been delayed in that game. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets pushed to 2022, which sucks. Mm-hmm. But yeah. And that's all the quests, all the fetch quests we got for the week. Chad, take us into 
It's very game special. On game show. The game on our gaming show. We play a game called Game On. A game show on our gaming show. Game, 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 game. And I'm even doing the dance, even though no one can see me do it. I just put that thirst trap <laughs> picture from Twitter up instead of my face because the camera was just fucking up. Um, <laughs> this game is a new one. It's called Melts in Your Eyes, Not in Your Mouth. <laughs> I can't even imagine what this game is about. <laughs> no I was listening to, as I've mentioned already once, uh, JK Games, the podcast from Jerrica and Kayla. Uh, you should definitely go check it out. It's awesome. I was listening to it, and they did a segment about if video games were food, what food would they be? So they were like, they would name a video game, and like, all right, what food is this going to be? And they were like, oh, man, it takes a long time to beat, so maybe something that you can kind of savor for a while. So I liked that idea, so I stole it, and I changed it just enough to make it our own thing. And we are going to take, this week, <clears throat> PlayStation first-party franchises, and we're going to determine what candy they are. Hence, melts in your eyes, not in your mouth. <laughs> Which is a spin <laughs> on the famous Eminem slogan, melts in your mouth, not in your hands. But you consume video games a lot with your eyes, so therefore, and you don't really consume them with your mouth. There you go. So I have I have ten PlayStation first party franchises, and I would love for us to figure out what candy they would be. And that's it. That's the game. Let's do it. Uh, they are not, you know, the big ones that you would think about. They're not like, oh my god, we're gonna God of War and The Last of Us and Uncharted. We're we're going for some of the smaller ones. Starting with Last of Us would just be like a severed finger wrapped in candy bar <laughs> <ever>. <laughs> Gross. Shadow of the Colossus. Mm. What kind of candy is Shadow of the Colossus? It's a big candy for sure. What we big candy is like. I feel like it yeah. has to be a candy you feel guilty about too. Hmm. No, this isn't this has to be a real candy. So it has to be real yeah, candy. It has to be a real candy. If it's big okay, so and you, you know, feel guilty about it, sorry, go, go, it's go. A, it's a Hershey Symphony bar. You know the really big like Hershey Symphony bars? I don't know what Symphony bars are, but I know really big Hershey bars. Um, let me look it up. When I was um, back in band or orchestra back in school, if you accomplished like something like memorizing a certain piece, um, the teacher would give you a big Hershey Symphony bar. Maybe I'm getting it wrong. Oh, milk chocolate with almonds and toffee giant candy bar. Yeah, they were really big. They literally have giant written on the package. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so that that is my suggestion for Holden, you know what else? Version two it looks like, but what else? You know what else? There are 16 bricks in that bar, and there are 16 colossi in that game. I don't think it's a better perfect. option could have been. It's, it's perfect. perfect, yeah. Okay. Shadow of the Colossus is a Hershey's Symphony bar. Giant, specifically. Okay, number two, Gravity Rush. Ooh. What is Gravity Rush? You've got cats. You've got cel-shaded art style. You've got gravity effects and jumping from shit. So I'm thinking with the art style, it's making me think more fruity. Uh, mm-hmm. But not sour, like fruity sweet. Fruity sweet. What are the... Um, what, about, what about something like a, a, you know, a push pop kind of defies gravity. <laughs> push it up out of the container. 
you know, well, I was going to say the fruit snacks, but that works better. You're right. It defies gravity. Yeah? Yeah? Absolutely. Boom. Yeah. Also, you kind of lick it like a cat? <laughs> Perfect. Okay, Perfect. Gravity Rush is a push pop. We're two out of two here. Like, yeah. you're doing really good with this. Number three, Days Gone. What candy would Days Gone be? <laughs> Severed finger wrapped in <laughs> This one's tough. Okay, um, it's super long. It's repetitive. There are zombies. Motorcycle is a character. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's mountains which are triangular shaped, and Toblerones are long and repetitive and triangle shaped. <laughs> Toblerones are repetitive. <laughs> I think we can do better than that. I think we can do better. <laughs> they are triangular shaped, though. They are triangular That's shaped for the mountains. Oh, and I wish I would have put Death Stranding in here. that box. If I would have put Death Stranding, we would have totally done a baby bottle pop. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay, so not Toblerone. Days gone. Okay. Candy. I had this in my head, and I don't know if I just made this up right now, but it was like an eye candy where they look like eyeballs. Ooh. That might candy be Candy that looks like eyeballs. Trolley Glotzer. Ew, yeah. The same people who make gummy bears and shit. They're eyeballs. Yes. Yep, that's what I was thinking. Ew. Yep. Okay. It works. That's gross. All right. Next. We can't use the same candy until dawn. Mm, eyeballs would have worked well for that. Mm. Spooky. Hmm. Tricky mind shit. Hayden Penitieri. Heroes. Save the cheerleader. Save the world. Rami Malek. Mr. Robot. Here's the thing too with this. It can be different for everyone, right? Mm-hmm. Where people experience different things based on the choices they make, yada, yada, yada. Okay. What's a candy? Are there candies that have, like, is it like a Starburst of, like, random flavors? I was just thinking, like, you don't like know? What's, what's a candy that, like, surprises you or might scare you or you bite into it? Yeah. Like, oh, my God, I didn't expect that. Like, mystery flavor oh. dum-dums or... Technically, it's from Harry Potter, but technically, it's also real. Is Birdie Bots Every Flavor Beans? You can Birdie buy bots. those. Yep. There you go. Until Dawn is Birdie Bots Every Flavor Beans. Great mm -hmm. one, Holden. They're great technically one. real. They are, and they're gross. <laughs> they're gross. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Gran Turismo. Fast break. <laughs> Reese's Fast Break. <laughs> It's the um, only fast candy I can think of. <laughs> uh, think about like simulation, something extremely real, like so real that you don't even want it. I was just thinking about this for the last one. I'm like, that wouldn't make any sense. You know those candies that it's like the it's the orange, but it's actually an orange ball, but then you eat it and it and actually does taste like an orange? Yeah, it's chocolate. Yeah. They're yeah, gross and horrible. <laughs> oh, they're awful. What are you talking no, about? I love terrible. It. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> It simulates an orange, but it's not. But it's not actually like this is simulating driving, and it's supposed to be driving. That's simulating an orange, and it's nothing it's like not, an orange. But it's not really driving, though. It's tricky. Just like it's not really an orange. 
Mm, we'll, we'll tentatively put chocolate orange on there. Okay. We'll come back if we think of anything better. Bloodborne. Spooky. Dangerous. The eyes would have been great for Bloodborne. Eyes would have been great, yeah. Scary. Hmm. Hairy. Are there hairy candies? So many hairy candies out there. Or candies, if you drop it and it lands on the ground, it ends up being really hairy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Let's think of it this way. It's a tough game. What's like a tough candy like a jawbreaker a jawbreaker or like a like a charleston chew something you have to like bite a bit of Mm. honey a bit of honey i don't know should we relate honey and sweet to this game (laughs) (laughs) you get that sweet payoff though when you beat when you finally do beat the the boss okay well i got it i got the perfect this is it this is it Here's here's Souls games, but also Bloodborne. It's tough, it's hard, but oh, when you finally overcome it, it is sweet and awesome, right? Mm-hmm. Tootsie Pops. How many licks does it take? A bunch of licks to get to the center of it. But when you get to the center, it's satisfying, okay. it's rewarding, you made it. Okay. And sometimes okay. you just end up chomping down instead of actually looking <laughs> yes. to get to the bottom. <laughs> sometimes you just you grind so much ahead of time so that you can just go in there and just take a big old fucking bite out of it. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. okay. I like that. I don't like Tootsie Rolls, but I like that. Next is Dreams. Mm. What kind of candy can you make it whatever you want it to be? You can literally make the candy. Is there like Easy Bake Oven? Something, something you make the candy. Or you can form it. I mean, this, this isn't. this is kind of cheating. But I was just thinking like when you go to a candy store and you can – like get the bag and put whatever candies you want inside of it. No, they have that's little cheating. Scoops. That's but it's cheating. like it's kind of cheating, yeah. It's like the candy store. But I guess technically technically we haven't done this, which is jelly beans, which is a lot of assorted flavors, lots of surprise and variety. You might not like all of them, but you'll like some of them. I feel like there's still something to the creation aspect of it though. Like you can combine is there a version of like fruit roll flavors. up or something like that. <laughs> Anything with like fruit roll ups, you know, you, you just like have the tongue tattoos, or you could like cut shapes out oh, of them. Oh yeah, yeah. Or the only thing I think of is there was like a ring. Was it ring pop? There's something where like you would get this thing and douse like a syrup on top of like your lollipop thing, and oh, then you'd suck yeah, on a lollipop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I never had. But it's that like with... singular though. Like it's still just like you, these are the two options you have, and that's it. Hmm. This is a tough one. <sighs> or what about like? Hmm. What about something you can create shit with, like candy straws, sour straws? You can like make shapes oh, with them. Pixie sticks. There's the not pixie sticks. Um. There's one where you have this like bag and it like folds up, right? I don't, I don't fun dip. eat a lot of candy. Fun dip, yeah, fun, fun dip. dip. You can combine them. You dip the thing you in, dip, and then you mm, can like, yeah, variety. Yep. Okay, I'm into it. I and on the bags, they usually have like little riddles, or you can write shit on there. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah. Three more. Infamous. 
Sour Patch Kids. Oh, because you can be sour or you can be sweet. You can. Ch- oh, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. That's a good. Yep, nailed it. Little Big Planet. Well, now we're back to the creative part. We already used Fun Dip, but Fun yeah. Dip's more appropriate for dreams. Hmm. Anything soft this and is cute re- and adorable? Peeps. Peeps? Oh, I mean, I think you're right, but oh, I fucking hate peeps. <laughs> <laughs> they are soft, cute, and adorable. Didn't say anything about taste. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wonder if you put Sackboy in the microwave, whether he expands like that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think a little big planet is peeps. Damn it. All right, finally, <laughs> the order 1886 is our last one. <laughs> <laughs> Werewolves, cinematic, lots of dong. I was gonna say, I was gonna say, overly extravagant, but at the end of the day, kind of hollow. Oh, hollow might be a good word there. Like a what's hollow? Bueno bars, not bueno bars. What is that? It? No, it's not bueno bar. It's um. What about the, like a chocolate the, Easter one? The air bubbles. Oh yeah. Chocolate, you know they're always like decorative. They're all shaped and shit like that, and they have all sorts of lines and, it's and shit hollow on the inside. Them, and you bite yeah. it up and it's hollow. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. High high presentation value, low candy value. <laughs> that's it for this episode of melt in your eyes not in your mouth <laughs> uh, game on game show for this week and that is it for episode 204 of respawn aim fire thank you everyone for listening remember you have a job to do go to patreon.com slash respawn aim fire get your dope wallpapers vote on what you'd like us to play for barf and also play with us on game nights every thursday uh speaking of barf your backlog game for the next two months, March and April, excuse me, is Final Fantasy IX. Play it wherever books are sold. <laughs> uh, so play that. We'll be reconvening at the end of uh, April to talk about it as well. And then keep an eye out. April 9th, the grind. <laughs> Woo, really in-depth, in-depth analyses, looks at certain things. This one about the Nintendo Switch Pro and uh, also available wherever books are sold. So keep a lookout for that. Do we have anything else we need people to do? Oh, yes, you're the guest. If you want to be on our show and we want you to be on our show, go to affableidiots.com. Check out the very first post there. Sign up to be on our show. We've got a few people, but we would love to have all of our episodes for the rest of time filled up because you guys are all just so pretty and smart and Aww. kind and important. Um, that's it, everyone. Thank you. And until next time, here's our usual sign off. Little Big Planet's peeps, and I hate it. <laughs> <laughs>